More than a month after construction began on a controversial stretch of the Dakota Access Pipeline, the front line of the fight is filled with faces from Alaska to Florida. As Inside Energy's Amy Sisk reports, for many camped on the North Dakota prairie, the fight feels familiar. It's a short walk from the central fire where people converge to hear prayer and song to the place where the Sami family set up camp. My dad brought a good tent. That's Tiwani Sami. He points inside to their two beds, some boots, a space heater. Outside, it's a sea of people living just like them along the confluence of the Cannonball and Missouri Rivers. They're here for one reason, the water. Less than a mile north is the epicenter of the fight against the Dakota Access Pipeline. That's the spot where the line, capable of carrying half of North Dakota's daily oil production, would cross under the Missouri River, if construction is ever completed. Tawani and his dad, Quiltman, traveled 1,300 miles from Oregon to join the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe in its fight to stop that construction. Tribal members here are concerned sacred sites have already been destroyed and a potential spill could poison the drinking water on the reservation downstream. Everything needs that water. Everything, all, all life. Quiltman grew up during a dispute over water used by his tribe in Oregon. In the 1950s, the Army Corps of Engineers dammed the Columbia River near his home on the Warm Springs Indian Reservation. For thousands of years, people fished the falls on that river, forming a community and economic hub. Tribes from the Great Plains traveled there to sell buffalo meat and hide. That was probably the biggest trading center in this country right there. But, Quiltman says, when the Corps dammed up the river... You know, it changed the lives of all of our people. Fast forward to today. His tribe's latest fight, once again, it's over water. The Oxbow Springs, north of that same reservation in Oregon. Nestle, the global food company, wants to bottle that water. It's the same fight. This would just call more attention. Indigenous people have a long history opposing energy development and infrastructure projects they say threaten their environment. Those fights, including the one today, raise questions about sovereignty, about tribes' rights to have a say in managing their land. Brian Cladisby is president of the National Congress of American Indians, a Washington, D.C.-based advocacy group for tribes' rights. Uh, just about every tribe has horror stories of the government allowing uh, companies and corporations to uh, at will destroy uh, these sacred sites. From environmental problems in Alaska after the Exxon Valdez oil spill to coal mining on ancestral land, these stories are shared widely at the camps here in North Dakota. Johanna Holy Elkface sits near the central fire listening to music. She was born here on Standing Rock, but now lives in Denver. She tells me the story about her sister who lives on the Navajo Reservation in the southwestern United States. Dairy water looks horrible, though. It's like yellow clay. She's referring to the Gold King mine spill. Contractors working at the abandoned mine in Colorado last year unintentionally caused 3 million gallons of wastewater to leak into the nearby river, which then flowed through New Mexico and Utah. Last month, the Navajo Nation sued the Environmental Protection Agency over its response to the disaster. Cyrus Norcross of the Navajo Nation is used to seeing tribes fight and ultimately lose. But here, the Dakota Access protest... And it kept getting bigger and bigger, and next thing you know, I was like, I think these guys might actually win. Earlier this month, three federal agencies announced they would block construction of the pipeline for now at the Missouri River crossing while re-examining their permitting decisions.
There's talk that this is a turning point for indigenous people. Here's Cladisby with the National Congress of American Indians. We are showing uh, the world that this is not going to be business as usual going forward. The Dakota Access Pipeline developer Energy Transfer Partners said in a statement that concerns about the pipeline's impact on the local water supply are unfounded and that it was designed with, quote, tremendous safety factors. Construction on the 1,200-mile project is 60% complete. For Inside Energy, I'm Amy Sisk. For more on this story and others, check us out at InsideEnergy.org.